Hey everybody, welcome to our public podcast and this is actually a new type of podcast that we're going to be doing and it's called Grounded and this type of series is going to be all about Jesus, all about the commitment that you've made to follow God, all about salvation, uh, different things like that and I'm here with Belinda. Hello. And um, we are going to be talking a little bit about it today. And we figured that this is going to be a really good resource for anybody who wants to understand more about God, wants to understand more about the decision that you've made. Because put it this way, we're we're assuming that most people that are going to listen to this are probably going to be uh, from church who have put their hand up and said yes to Jesus. And um, you've been invited into an incredible new relationship with God. But I also think that a lot of the times there's a lot of questions. It's like, man, what did I put my hand up? What is it about? Me and Belinda, we've both obviously put our hand up before. Um, I, I think I was at like a youth type camp where I responded to God and it was very emotional and uh, it was incredible. But we want to equip you guys with the tools and the right things in order to be uh, fully um, versed in what you're doing and also understand a little bit more about who God is and who Jesus is. So welcome to the Grounded Podcast. This is episode one and the title of this episode is called Jesus is King and we're going to be covering salvation repentance and lordship, three words that you might not hear on like a normal day-to-day type of conversation, but very important um, for you to understand. And so, we're going to start off with salvation. And um, Linda, I'm just going to throw it to you. What What is salvation? What What is this all about? Yeah. Um, when it comes to salvation, but before I go on that. Yeah, go. Um I'll just say that this is a really big conversation. Yes. Um, and our heart in this is that this would be the start of a conversation. Yes. That um, there is so much to cover in the Bible and there is so much to cover about who God is, mm-hmm. what we believe, why we believe it. And our prayer is that this would be um, the start of a conversation yes. in your faith and that the start of you digging deeper for yourself um, into the Word of God and knowing God. 100%. Um, and that this would really um, just ignite you in your yes. walk with God. Yes. Um, but in terms of what is salvation, it's kind of like that whole concept of what does it mean to be saved and what do we need saving from? And I think if we break it down into two things, it's basically salvation is, you know, we're being rescued from the penalty of sin Mm -hmm. and we're being reconciled back into right relationship with God. Yes. hundred percent. And sin is a, sin is a big word. It almost is a swear word because it's like, Oh, sin. Like I I don't sin or, but the Bible makes it actually very clear that we've all sinned. I think it's in Roman. Well, I know it's in Romans 3.23. It says for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And um, another one in Romans 6.23 is for the wages of sin is death. Belinda, you have some um, insight about what that means about falling short and missing the mark and all of these different types of things. Um, what what have you found when you've researched what this means? Yeah, if we look in the New Testament and if we look at that original Greek word, um, the word sin is, um, it talks about it in the concept of spear throwing yep. and it means um, failure in missing the mark. Yes. And if we look at the Hebrew word of sin, it talks about it in an archery, con- like in an archery um, concept. And it literally refers to missing the center of a target, but you still you still hit the target, but yeah. you miss the center. Yes, okay. So if we're to break down what the word sin means in an original Hebrew and Greek con- context, yep. it means to miss the mark. And we've all done it, haven't we? We've all missed the mark. And it doesn't matter how good you might be, or it doesn't matter how um, awesome you might feel. I think we've all sinned. And because of that, 
there is a consequence, right? Yeah. Because we've all sinned, there is a consequence in our lives and that the penalty of sin is death. And I know it's like, oh man, that's a little bit dark, but this is the reality of what our lives are like without God. This is the reality of what our lives are like without salvation. And um, so, yes, we have missed the mark and yes, we have fallen short. And um, like you said, like we, we've like the idea of throwing the spear to hit the mark. It's like we've attempted and we've thrown the spear, but we definitely not, we definitely have not hit the mark. And I think the reason why um, sin is like this is because we actually serve a holy God. And God created us whole. God created us, and He is holy. And um, he, the, what that means is He's perfect. What that means is that, um, th- like, think about the most perfect person in the world. They're not even close to being as perfect as who God is. And so that is the idea of sin. And now, because of that, um, we have, and because of sin, we have been separated from God. Um, and so this gift of salvation that comes through Jesus is what is to repair the separation, isn't it? Yeah, and I think, like you were saying before, um, we can sometimes reserve sin to kind of certain actions or yes. certain deeds, like um, you know, murder or these yes. really horrendous acts. The bad stuff. The, yeah, the bad stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we kind of exempt ourselves. But if we look at the origins of sin, we go back to the story of Adam and Eve. Yes. When sin entered the world, and I think we've got to one remember that. God is a holy God, mm-hmm. perfect without sin, yes. blameless. Yes. And then two, God created us with free will. Yes, he did. Um, he created Adam and Eve in free will, and he gave them one rule in that garden, mm-hmm. do not eat from eat from this tree. Yes, exactly. Um, and you see, this is how sin entered the world. And the sin wasn't in eating the apple. That's not the horrendous act, Deed. you know, yeah, exactly. um, that separated us eternally from God. But the sin was the disobedience. Yes, 100%. Um, and it's because of that disobedience and that rebellion of heart that has caused this um, division in humanity ever since. Yeah, wow. Um, and it's like, you know, we're now living in this fallen, imperfect world. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just the nature of sin. Yes, it is. You're 100% right. And I like what you said that, yes, we've talked about the great gift of salvation, which is that Jesus came to save us and to repair that broken, fractured relationship between humans and God. But I also think a great gift that God gave us was the ability to choose. And um, so this is where the free will enters in. And this is what we see in in the beginnings of, of how sin entered. It wasn't because they ate the, the, the fruit, like you said, it was because they disobeyed God's command. Yeah. And I think that whole concept of free will is such a beautiful, beautiful concept because it's Jesus came down on that cross dying, knowing that we still had the opportunity to deny him. Absolutely. Even though he gave us that opportunity to be reconciled back with God, yes. he still took a risk and was like, you know, they have free will mm-hmm. and they still might deny me, but I love you that much that I'm going to make a way for you to come back to Yes, 100%. And I think the motive, and, and that's why I love what you just touched on, the motivation that God actually had for this entire, well, I call it a rescue. It's almost like rescuing us from from, from sin and shame and death. Um, and, and it's one of the, the, the most famous Bible scriptures is John 3.16. And I absolutely love John 3.16 because it talks about the motivation as to why Jesus came. And um, it says this in John 3.16, uh, and this is Jesus' own, this is is him saying it. Um, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son that so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And so 
what was the motivation for God sending his son, Jesus, to die and offer us this great gift of salvation? The motivation was love, that he loved us. It also says in Romans 5 verse 8, that God demonstrates his own love for us in this. And while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And I think it's such a beautiful concept as well that we didn't have to earn this. No. That, yeah, that it is not by works that we're saved. God didn't ask for, you know, if you do this, then I'll yes, then yeah, I'll yeah. offer this up. Or it's not a works-based, that there's nothing that we could do. There's nothing that we could say or there's nothing that we could kind of even offer back. It no. Would, um, God did it purely out of love. 100%. Not based on anything that we would, you know, give back in return out of deeds, but he just wanted us. 100%. 100%. Um, and so that's that's the sin issue. And so we've all fallen short of the mark. We've decided, we've discovered that. And so we needed a bridge. We needed the bridge to get us back into right relationship with God. And um, that is what salvation is. So when we put our hand up or when you see people, sometimes they put their hand up in responding to God at a church service on a Sunday, or or it doesn't have to be on a Sunday, but you might've seen that before. That is the most incredible gift that we could respond to is the salvation of our souls. And that is, that is through Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, And in second Corinthians five verse 21, it says that God made him, who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And I love that scripture so much um, that God made him who was him, Jesus, who had no sin, perfect, as Belinda was touching um, on before, to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And so when, I think I I touched on this a a while ago, but I remember when I was, I first gave my life to Jesus and I said, yeah, I I received the gift of salvation. I remembered in that moment when I responded, I felt, literally felt like um, the weight of guilt and shame be taken off of my life. And um, it was, and uh, there's this incredible song in Hillsong called The Beautiful Exchange. And it was like, there was an exchange. He took away my guilt, took away my shame, and then gave me right standing with God. And that is the incredible free gift that we get um, in salvation. And it's found in Jesus alone. So let's let's mention the word of repentance. Yes. And repentance is a word that has caused a lot of controversy, sometimes within the church. Yeah, it has. Um, and I don't think Christians have done themselves any favor when they stand out there with signs or post things on social media declaring turn or burn. Um, and sometimes this can portray God as being, you know, unkind yeah, it does. or manipulative um, with this with this kind of messaging. Yes. Um, but we know that repentance is such a fundamental part of our faith. 100%. Um, and we don't want to downplay the importance of repentance. Um, and what that means for our walk with God. How would you describe what God um, meant by repentance? And, yes. and why is it important to our faith? Repentance is important, um, I think, because what it is doing when we, when we repent uh, or when, when we walk in this repentance, it's actually acknowledging and it's sort of going, okay, I'm acknowledging my need for God and I'm repenting. Um, another way of saying it is I'm turning away from a former... Um, um, I guess, way of living or I'm turning away from a former way of thinking, I think is a massive yeah. one where it was like at one point I was thinking that um, I was the Lord of my life and I was doing my own thing and I didn't need saving. Um, but repentance is acknowledging my need and turning away from 
my old thinking, which was in darkness, which was sort of like, well, I don't need God. And so repentance, like you said, it's not, it's not a scary word, but it's an essential word. And it's very much essential for us to understand what repentance is and what it means and how we live out and walk out repentance. Yeah. And it's, it's funny you talk about that because again, if we go back to the, the Greek, um, the Greek original word, um, repentance actually means change your mind or change the way you think. Yes. If we look in the Hebrew, Mm -hmm. it means to literally turn around. Yes. Do a 180. Yes. So if we're to combine those two definitions together, it means a change of mind that results in actions. I love that. Um, And so we can look at repentance and think it's an emotion or a feeling of condemnation or, Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's not an emotion. Repentance no. is, um, it's a decision. It's a decision. It's 100%. a decision and it's something that we walk in. Yes. Um, and it's like when you look at Jesus walking through the gospel, throughout the gospels, when he preached repentance, mm-hmm. he was calling people to change the way they think about yes. who he was. Yes. hundred um, percent. He's like, turn around and see me as the Messiah. Yes. Yes. And, and that's majorly important. This is not going to turn into like a Bible like um, lecture um, in terms of like a college lecture, but this is important for you to understand that when I think Jesus' first words, I, you can fact check me, but I'm almost 100% sure that when he began his ministry, his first words were repent because the kingdom of God is at hand. Yep. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And I remember for ages, I looked at that and I was like, man, can you imagine Jesus' first words like repent? And a lot of the times we think, man, that just means change. But no, it's not. It's not just change on its own. It's that we have to change the way that we think, which we've touched on. And you've got to think his original audience when he says repent is he's talking to Jewish people. Um, yeah. He's talking to Jewish people who who think that this Jesus is uh, probably a prophet. He's probably uh, uh, someone who's going to help us get out of this political issue that we're going on in at that time. But he was not. He was the savior of the world. So he's like, repent, change the way you think, because all the prophecies that you've read and heard about all throughout the Old Testament is here right now. Yeah. Um, and I think Jesus preached repentance and focused on it because he knew he was the best thing for us. As 100%. Um, he, you know, he is the way, the truth, and the life. Yes. And who would he be if he knew that he was the best thing for us but didn't preach that? 100%. Um, and let us walk away from that or yes. didn't call for us to come to him. Yes. And that's what repentance is. He knows he's the best thing for us. Yes. And he wants us to walk towards him. 100%. And, and I think uh, I love the fact that repentance in in its core form is is an invitation it's an invitation to experience his transformation and um i 100% think that every time he preaches repentance he's inviting us closer to him he's inviting us closer to the person who can change our mind who can change the way that we think who can change our behavior and um because of that we're we're letting go of our old thinking which was i don't need god and now we're embracing our new thinking which is i can't live without god yeah. And sometimes there's an unlearning process oh, yes. in that we've got to unlearn um, as we follow Jesus. And that's a process yes. of repentance. Yes. Um, yeah. Unlearning is repenting. Because um, repentance doesn't stop, does it? No, no. I think we all need to repent yeah, um, 100%. daily. Um, all the time. All the time. And so as we unlearn, um, we start learning new ways and yes. new um, habits and lifestyles as we follow Jesus. Yes. A hundred percent. And I guess the main thing is we need to... To look at repentance as an invitation yes. rather than condemnation. 100%. Yes. Because like you said, there are people who have 
um, presented repentance as scary. I remember, <laughs> I remember there was an evangelist um, or a preacher that would like storm up and down the altar and say, "Repent, um, repent, or, or go to hell." Sort Eternal of thing. Eternal burn. Eternal burn. And I was like, "Man, uh, yeah, okay." And so I'm presented with this gospel or with a, a Jesus, a part of Jesus, which is is not the entire truth, and that this whole idea of him inviting us in to change the way that we think, I think, is a much better understanding of what repentance is. But I think if we look back at Romans 2 verse 4, mm-hmm. it says that it's God's kindness that oh, leads us that. to repentance. Yes. It's not fear-mongering. No. It's not a manipulative control mindset. Yes. Um, we don't repent out of fear. No. Because um, it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. I love that scripture, big time. And I think another concept in the Christian faith that can be unappealing or have a negative connotation um, are the words obedience and surrender. Um, and again, it makes God seem like a dictator who demands compliance. Mm. Um, how would you maybe argue against that or what, what is, does obedience and surrender actually mean? Okay. I think what this, this whole concept of obedience and surrender is actually more about understanding that he knows what's best for us and that I will happily lay down my life um, because I give you the authority of my, I give you authority over my life. And so this is that concept of God being the Lord of my life. Remember prior to this, I was the Lord of my life. I, I, I sort of dictated how I felt. Um, I sort of chose where I wanted to go, but when I gave my life over to God and I, and I received salvation, that wasn't just one transaction that takes place. Now this is a God, you are Lord of my life. I am not here just to get a paycheck. I'm not here to just whatever it is that I need to do. I'm actually here to outwork your will in my life. And so obedience and surrender is appealing because what it's actually saying is, God, you know what's best for me. You created me. You know um, the plans that you have for me, um, a hope and a future. That's a, an incredible scripture in Jeremiah 29, 11. Um, there's another one in John 10, 10, 10, where it says, I came to give Jesus' words, by the way, where he says, I came to give you life and an abundant life. Or another translation says, I came to give you life and a better life than you ever dreamed of. And so obedience and surrender is going, hang on. I, I think you know more what's best for me and, and I'm coming under that. God, would you lead me? God, would you be the Lord of my life? Yeah. And I think there are going to be times when we might not want to obey. Oh, yes. um, Where we might actually disagree or we don't, you know, we kind of want to sweep that part of obedience or what God says, you know, ignore it um, and not apply it to our lives. Yes. But again, when we surrender, we can't pick and choose um, the parts of the Bible that apply to us. 100%. Um, Because, you know, partial obedience is still disobedience. Yes. Um, And it's not to say that we're going to be perfect, but um, we still need to understand that God knows what's best for us. 100%. There's lots of times I think as you grow in faith that God will require more from you. Um, there's lots of things. There's lots of times in in our faith where God will require us to lay our lives down, um, yeah. to, to 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 say no to what's appealing. And so we've been brought up in this world where it's like, oh no, you got to get what you need to get. You got to hustle. You need to grind. You need to do whatever you need to do to get from A to B. And I think that God presents a new way, and the yeah. new way is trust. 
the new way is faith. The new way is that um, I'll lead you. I'll guide you. The Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. He's ordering our steps. He's he's the one that's leading us. And I think, like you said, there are going to be many times where we're going to be like, God, I, I'm, I really want to go this way, <laughs> but I'm feeling like you're leading me this way. And um, when I choose to go the way that God's leading me, what I'm doing is I'm surrendering and I'm being obedient. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, I love that concept. And I know you preached on it a few weeks ago in church about the concept of that. We need a guide. Yes. Um, and it's like when we're driving in our cars and we're going to a destination that we don't know or never been before, yes. we trust our GPS to get us there. hundred um, percent. We don't question it. Um, no. We know, we know that that GPS knows where to get us. Yes. Um, and it's like, even when you talked about the Israelites, if they had gone the, the route that they wanted mm-hmm. or the route that seemed most appealing, yes. um, the favorable option, mm. it would have le- led to destru- destruction. Yeah, 100%. Um, and chaos. Yes. But it's like, God knows what's best and we need a guide. 100%. God, um, and God will lead us to where we need to be. Um, if he knows the plans and purpose and it's not to harm and destroy us, mm-hmm. um, do we trust him in that? Yeah, big time. And that's what it's all about. It's all now about trust. It's like, man, I'm living for you, God. I'm, I'm, I'm going where you're leading me. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and I think um, like when we talk about obedience and surrender, we have to understand we're not going to be perfect at all times. Yes. But on the other hand, we can't take advantage of the grace of God. Mm-hmm. And the grace of God isn't a license to sin or continue um, knowingly in patterns of behavior or choices yes. that we know are directly disobedient to yes. what God is asking for us. And yes, we know that God is all loving and God is all forgiving. Um, And there's nothing that you can do um, or say that will separate you from the love of God. But forgiveness doesn't also exempt you from those consequences. 100%. Um, Because again, God has given us free will. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and we might choose, if we make wrong choices, Mm -hmm. we choose then the consequences of those decisions. 100%. Um, And like any good father, Mm -hmm. sometimes he allows us to go through consequences as a disciplinary process. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Um, It's kind of like if, if I keep telling you time and time again, don't play in traffic, Uh don't play in traffic, but yet you still go run on the road and get hit by a car. Yeah. That's the consequence you live. Yeah. hundred percent. And hopefully learn from. And I think the one, the one promise that I love about this, and and this goes back to what you're saying at the start about God um, being a loving God and not taking the grace of God um, to our advantage is that he makes all things work together for the good. So there's been many times in my life where I think that I may have, or I know that I've made the wrong decision, um, but then I've come back into this obedience and surrender. And God has, even in my bad decision-making, um, for a better way of saying it, taught me a lesson. And and for a better way of saying it, showed me um, areas in my life where I need to trust him, where I need to rely on him and where I need to go, like we said before, how much we need a guide in this life to navigate us like a GPS. I'm not just rolling through this life anymore in dark mode. I need a, I need a guide. I need a light. I need a GPS. And that is the Holy Spirit. But yeah, and I think as we walk with God, obedience and surrender become our natural responses. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's not a works-based mentality, but those, if we love God, we want to obey him. Oh, absolutely. And it says in John 14, verse 15, um, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And it's not in order to love him, you need to obey the commands. It's our faith is based on that response yes. that we love him. So we should naturally be obedient and surrender. That's the natural response of loving God. Absolutely. Because I know that God, you have the best plans and you are all knowing. And I know that you know what's best. 
So I'm going to surrender that. A hundred percent. And I want to, I want to encourage everybody who's listening with this thought based on what B just mentioned. Um, we have, we have not just been saved, um, out of sin and now brought into this incredible light, which we say now is our salvation. We've been saved and we now have a dynamic relationship with God um, where it's not, um, I'm, I'm sort of begging God to show me things. I'm in a relationship with God now. So I'm praying. I'm, and we'll talk about this as we go on to other episodes within this grounded podcast series, but um, I'm just encouraging people who are listening, you're in a relationship with God in the same way that I'm in a relationship with my wife <laughs> and I need to communicate and I need to talk and I need to listen um, is in the same way that we're now in a relationship with God where it's like, okay, now I need to pray. I need to talk. I need to listen. I need to obey. I need to trust even when I can't make sense of it. And um, that is, that is the challenge, but it's also the incredible opportunity that we have.